All right. Well, welcome back to Run Off the Mill. I hope our listeners are doing well. You know, the new year is right around the corner. And here I have with my two buddies, you know, Curtis, I'm here. And Rahul is here. <laughs> oh, we wasn't him. sure about the order. Uh, it's all I feel good. Like it, yeah, there's always some, uh, like almost like a 10 second gap when we start to saw. I like it. I like it. It's natural. Yeah, yeah, so things are good. Yep. 2021. How's everybody going to start off the new year or think about it? Good question. Uh, yeah. I just want to sleep, dude. I have been so sleep deprived <laughs> the last week. I don't totally. even know how I'm functioning right now. Excuse me if I start slurring my English in this episode. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll try my best. Yeah. What about you, Patrick? For sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, pretty much the same. I think next year is going to be super busy, but really excited about you know learning, growing, you know increasing my my role within my company and having a larger impact. So yeah, trying to keep being, trying to keep staying motivated and you know upward and onward. Curtis. Cool. Uh, I, to be honest with you, too, I feel a little uncertain about 2021 because of how 2020 went and how it ended. So my immediate life is pretty good, but I know a lot of you know other Americans and just people around the world. You know, when I read the news, they're suffering a little bit, and, and I, I definitely hope you know we, we get together as a country and uh, figure it out from there on and just be respectful to one another. Yeah. Some more happiness in the world I would like to see. Amen. Yeah. For sure. So, for sure. I, so I thought today's episode be very, a good topic would be to talk about work fulfillment and what it means and you know, how much is it worth to our listeners and to ourselves and how do we achieve it? So Patrick, you mentioned just briefly um, motivation. I think having great work fulfillment is one of the biggest motivators of having like a great career, right? So um, I guess we could go around the table and just you know mention uh, to like, each of us like what fulfillment means to us at work. And you know, I'll start off by saying like for me. Um, my methods to how I seek fulfillment at work, it might be a little bit more unorthodox because for me, I like having a, a good sized community around me, like a community that knows me a little bit more than just uh, Curtis the stranger, you know, more like, okay, Curtis is our go-to guy for, you know, X, Y, and Z sort of service. But at the same time, it's just like, we can come together and work as a team, not only like pull Curtis aside and, you know, rush him or push him to do, you know, certain tasks that are not pertaining to his responsibilities, that sort of way. Like we, we can negotiate if we need something done immediately, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. basically, you know, I, I think I really came to this realization after working a few jobs before my current job, my current job role where I found a great community that, you know, having community, it really is a great sort of, not only a social aspect that's really needed in my life, but also 
just um, yeah, just a mental aspect that I feel like you know we need to see more in the workplace these days. Uh, what do you guys think? Rahul, do you want to go next? Yeah, I uh, I like that, Curtis. Uh, the whole community aspect there. <clears throat> I think that's something I need to work on a little bit because I'm not very social um, as a, as a worker. Instead, for me, I feel like <clears throat> fulfillment is more about my performance uh, and how I can contribute to the team and to the project, um, particularly in situations where I could use my technical knowledge or something that I know uh, that my team members might not know and that they find interesting, you know, valuable, um, and so that we could push the project ahead using that. So uh, basically areas where I could find, you know, I could emerge as a leader, uh, those moments I find very fulfilling. Um, now the topic of, you know, the kind of work I'm doing that's fulfilling and whether the job is fulfilling uh, is, is maybe another separate topic that we could discuss later. Um, but, you know, currently as an IT consultant, uh, this is definitely, those kind of moments definitely define uh, what I find fulfilling in my day-to-day -day work. What about you, Patrick? I think I'm pretty, pretty similar to the both of you and maybe even a little bit of a blend between the two. I don't think I'm necessarily 100% on, you know, I need to be within a, a safe space in a community where all my coworkers get along and, you know, everything's great. But simultaneously, I also don't feel like I need to be in a place where I need to be a leader or I need to be like the highest achieving member in my team to kind of receive fulfillment. I guess to kind of take a step back, you know, how I like to think about fulfillment is kind of an internal peace within myself. Um, and I think this extends not just to career, but also to my life. And I think it's mostly kind of my own definition of what it, what life means to me, which is, did I do my best work and did I try my best as well as did I learn something and am I kind of working and living up to my true potential? And so I think we can talk about that in a variety of facets, but, you know, definitely part of that comes to having meaningful relationships with the people that I work with, which kind of talks to that community aspect, as well as, you know, making sure I deliver work that promotes value and is actually impactful. So I think just to speak to this generically, um, yeah, fulfillment to me means, you know, fulfilling my potential. Always mm -hmm. oh. keeping an eye on the big picture, basically, while going through the day-to-day -day like that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times it's, it's really easy to be really hard on yourself if you're not like the best person. And I think that a lot of times in the career space, oftentimes things get very competitive very quickly, right? You might have an analyst on your team that you're worried about. They, he or she might get promoted faster than you. Or, you know, you might feel like your manager feels like you're not meeting up to expectations. And I feel like there are enough things to, you know, be worrying about in the world around us already, which is why kind of my takeaway or my personal metric is always, you know, did, did I try my best, right? Did I put my heartfelt effort into this? was my intent to do well, right? And I think kind of having that mindset has made it so that even if, you know, at the end of the day, my manager's like, hey, you didn't meet expectations, which has happened to me plenty of times. Um, you know, I'm like, hey man, this is still a work in progress journey for me. Give me the explicit feedback and let me work on that. And let's keep that as an ongoing discussion so that I could continue to improve so that next time it might be, you know, meets or surpasses expectations. I like that. You know, I really like that because I feel like my perspective on my own fulfillment is very much 
dependent on what other people perceive my mm-hmm. work as. Um, whereas you have clearly defined, you know, your own personal take on your performance, which I think is very critical to achieve that a very healthy balance. I, I, I think I tend to be quite anxious about receiving feedback from people. Um, and then, which is also a reason why work from home kind of stresses me out. Cause I don't know, <laughs> I can't see people's expressions about the things I say or, or, you know, how I present things to them. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to take that takeaway and try to apply that to my life and, and try to, you know, also incorporate my own personal view on, on my work. Um, good stuff. I think in regards to, in regards to that Rahul, um, I find that building trust definitely between not only your manager or your coworkers definitely breaks down those sort of walls. Um, I'm kind of more of like a, a blend again, just backtracking that, at the same time that I've, I'm like more of, you know, regarding my self metric, I do, you know, definitely take care of that just for my mental health, but also like sometimes I do go through a little bit of imposter syndrome with um, what people externally think about me, even though I've been working with this team for, you know, almost two years. It's just like, sometimes it's just like, you know, are there more responsibilities Curtis can pick up? You know, we definitely want to, push him to, you know, the next title. So let's see what he can do. And eventually, you know, you're going to have to stand in front of the audience and be on the stage, you know, conquer my stage fright and be able to, you know, present your results and, um, you know, push it forth as the truth. And I think one thing, you know, uh, one of the coworkers I really respect said to me once was that, you know, Curtis, uh, what you're about to release or change, you know, once you put this out where you take full responsibility, your job is on the line, you know, you know, to reaffirm your decision. And it's like, that was mind blowing because I was like thinking, uh, you know, (laughs) exactly. Uh, I'm not quite too sure, but you know, I think one of the, going back to the sense of fulfillment, definitely I don't want to let my team down in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And I guess I'll mention very quickly, like in kind of regards to my approach, I, I'll mention that number one, it's definitely not perfect. And number two, it's definitely something that I'm still working through. You know, I think even if we try to keep things internal at the end of the day, a lot of things that are external are actually what matters, right? And whether that be, you know, again, does the work that you do, you know, provide value and does it, is it actually impactful, right? To the organization or to your business goals and whatnot to growth, right? And yeah, it's, it's kind of tough to say, but I think this is more of like a stylistic choice where, you know, there needs to be some balance of how much external forces impact you versus, you know, internally, how much I'm willing to give, if that makes sense. Yeah. And this is like an interesting question. Let's say one of our listeners is coming on and, you know, they're straight out of college. They went through college, they got their degree, yet it was more like, maybe college was a little bit stressful and they somehow survived with the degree. And then they're coming to us and saying, uh, I don't know, really know what fulfillment means to me, like in a career, let's say they don't have their first job yet and they don't know, you know, how to actually try to find that fulfillment. What would you suggest to them? So I can kind of take, give a quick take here. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, just to speak more broadly about life as well, more generally, you know, it's important to 
you know, think about and define your life goals just because your career is not your life entirely, even though your career encompasses a large portion of your life. But I think if you have like a certain life dream or a life set goal, then you can kind of better define as a subset of that, what do I want to do with my career? And I think a lot of people then ask, okay, well, what if I don't know what I want to do for my career nor my life, right? And my feedback to that is always, you'll never know unless you try. And what I really mean by that is it's important to try kind of a diverse set of different, you know, job skills, um, just like going and putting, putting yourself out there because you'll never know if something was a good fit for you unless you try. Um, and a lot of people always kind of give this feedback of, well, let's say, for example, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I applied for a job in marketing. I got into marketing. I worked for six months and then I hated it. And then I quit. Uh, was that a waste of time? And I would say, you know, people on average live 80 plus years now, right? Six months or a year is not a waste of time, right? Because in that six months or a year, you discovered that marketing was not right for you, right? You would rather have used that six months or one year to discover that marketing wasn't for you rather than work 30 years in finance and then always kind of question yourself, what if I had gone back into marketing, right? What did you have a regret? of potentially not kind of going into that field. So again, I feel like, and I know it's easy for me to say as someone who's like in my later 20s, but for those folks in their early 20s, it feels like, you know, such a small amount of time is so impactful when I'll say that the truth is you have plenty of time, right? Give yourself some space, think about a lot of different things and try. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good answer. Uh, Rahul, anything to add on to that? No, I really like the answer a lot, actually, because <laughs> here I am with my own sort of checkered past of having worked, you know, in childcare, English teaching, um, you know, I've worked in translation from English to Japanese literature stuff, uh, and now I'm working in IT. And uh, what I really find, I think, underlying all of this is um, the ability to, you know, once again, apply or introduce, you know, my own knowledge about things. And um, even like, for example, like, uh, I am very... I really enjoy writing. And, and, and although my experiences teaching English were not always that great, <laughs> uh, I do recall that being able to apply the technical skill of writing uh, in you know, reviewing students' papers was one of the best aspects of that job. Those were some of my better days, <laughs> I would say. Um, and here I am you know, able to apply those technical skills uh, at my current job. Um, and so, you know, just as Patrick is saying, try different things and you'll definitely find an underlying pattern uh, and naturally you gravitate to that exact thing that's, you know, your best fit. Um, so whether that's internships or trying out different part-time jobs, just give it a shot. If you hate it, move on to the next thing. Um, but always use your experiences as, you know, something that you can reflect upon and learn from. Mm. I think that's an interesting take on this because for me fulfillment has kind of stayed this sort of fulfillment that you know, makes me feel like my career is worthwhile it's staying sort of static like you know all throughout my life I always wanted to build a community at every sort of job that I have and you know knowing that this is what I really want from stage one I think it's great but like it seems like for Rahul and Patrick you can add to this it's like there's you know, it's, it's not wrong to have like the sort of sense of fulfillment to start when you were um, 
you know, fresh out of college to maybe 10 years in the industry to like change throughout time. And it's like, oh, it seems like it's not a bad thing at all. Yeah, I, I think everybody's different, right? Yeah. And I think it's, it's really easy to be swept up by like trends or like, you know, what you might interpret as what's best for you at this current moment. But I think if you have, you know, if you truly believe in something, like for example, Curtis, you love that community aspect, right? Then there should be nothing stopping you from obtaining that community within your workplace, right? And I, I kind of congratulate you for not gonna, getting swept up in the, hey, you know, all the millennials should hop jobs every two to three years to make lots of money, blah, 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 right? Because that's not what it's about for you, right? And I would argue that, you know, you are much more fulfilled than some of those folks who just blindly follow the, I need to change jobs every couple of years, um, per se. So, yeah, I, I think it's important to recognize that everybody's different, everybody has different values, and that you shouldn't belittle someone uh, as well if they have a different you know, perspective on careers or life, uh, too. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I was just taken aback by that that compliment. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think uh, it's very natural for your sense of fulfillment to change. Um, I I mean I started basically blind uh, when I started working full time as an English teacher. Uh, that was that was my first ever full time job. I had no idea exactly what it was that I wanted to do with my life. I just knew I needed some money, so I had this job in Japan, <laughs> and uh, it took me some time to realize that, you know, I really enjoy, I don't enjoy so much interaction with people as much as I do, uh, you know, applying creativity in my workspace and, and making things um, that are of value. Uh, that's what I've really found in my current role as an IT consultant, where, yes, I do have some moments where I do have to speak to, to people. Um, but it's when I'm working alone, you know, in the zone, coding things uh, that I really enjoy that sort of process. Um, so it does take time. Um, and maybe in the future, hey, maybe I'll be more sociable and, and find myself talking to people. And I'm not afraid of making that transition uh, because it's completely natural. Um, at the same time, um, you know, is IT exactly what I want to do? Is, is this the be all end all job? Uh, you know, at the age of 27, I, I want to say that, no, it's not. Uh, there's still a lot of other things I want to try. Um, at the same time, I always have this philosophical gripe as, you know, someone who, you know, studied actually something completely different from IT. I actually studied about the environment. I'm still searching for a way to reconcile, you know, some of the, you know, this creative aspect of, of what I like to do with some sort of this ethical aspect of, well, I got to apply what I'm doing, you know, professionally to save the environment. So, that's still something, a personal uh, project of mine. And, and I'm hoping that in the future, I can, you know, work on that. So I'm, I'm open to change. Yeah, I love that. That almost kind of reads to me as, you know, Curtis, you mentioned earlier that, you know, some of the folks who are listening to the podcast in their early 20s, or maybe even college or high school, if you don't necessarily know what you want through your career, or you can't necessarily define fulfillment, that's perfectly okay. Right, because that definition might also change over time as you kind of progress throughout your life. And you know, to Rahul's point, right, he's still defining that, right, and he's still taking the steps to get there to his ultimate life goal of you know helping change the environment and whatnot. Um, you know, I'll mention that you know my personal life values have also changed you know year to year. 
So don't feel like you're alone um, if you can't necessarily define it concretely. Mm. Yeah, I think those are all very good points. So for our viewers, just summarizing what we the tips that we're giving them is that one, there's really no set time for this. It's really at your own pace. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And two, uh, it's okay to, you know, go through life and change. There's really no wrong way to some people know what they want from stage one. And some people don't figure it out until they, they try new things just leading into number three. It's, it's okay to try something new. And if you know, it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's, that's fine. Hopefully you didn't spend, you know, too many working hours or your whole life doing that, you know, one sort of action. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Is there any? Sorry. Sorry. I was just going to say. I would say some people also might have the wrong idea about <laughs> what they find fulfilling <laughs> before actually getting into a job as well. Um, right. I actually thought I was more of a people person, believe it or not. <laughs> and then I started working with people, and I realized uh, oh. maybe, maybe I'm not so cut out for this after all. <laughs> the right kind of people, Rahul. You need the right kind of people in your job. <laughs> there we go. Sounds like yeah. you got to build a community. Yeah, right. Hey, exactly. Yeah, going full circle. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Um, no. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Going back to the point, I think um, it's definitely okay to be wrong about what you, it is that you find mm -hmm. fulfilling. Mm -hmm. um, you might have an idea about that for yourself, um, and find that that's completely wrong. Now, if you're worried about that discovery, if you're worried about having to transition from a different job, I would just you know have a simple suggestion of do the research before applying to the job. Um, and, and that's not just, you know, going on LinkedIn or Indeed and looking up the job description. I would even, you know, take a more creative route and, you know, you know, have maybe interviews you could call them or, you know, just pick people's brains of people who are actually working this job. If you're working on, let's say you're interested in software engineering, talk to software engineers, see what that day-to-day -day life is like, you know, watch a couple of vlogs on YouTube and see if that's really the kind of thing that jives with your personality. Um, and if you do that sort of, you know, preparation step, I think, uh, you know, you won't be too uncomfortable once you get into the job. Nice. I yeah. have an interesting question for the two of you. How much does money play into fulfillment? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, for me, this is, this is actually a fulfillment point that changed. Uh, obviously, I came in, you know, just doing my research and I got what I wanted when presented the offer and I took it. However, obviously, you know, the years coming after, you know, I find out maybe about somebody else's salary or a different chemist in a different sort of company or industry. And I find out that, hey, we have similar uh, responsibilities and work experience, yet they're paid so much more. What gives, you know, that used to really uh, grind my gears or get on my case. And that's actually changed over time that I realized that, hey, you know, I'm actually in a very good you know, financial situation in my life. You know, what does it mean to gain X amount of dollars more that's going to be in the same tax bracket and, you know, just not much return per se? Um, not, not much. It doesn't mean that much. So I definitely channeled more of that sort of community point that, you know, means more of a fulfillment to me. And it's like just not concentrating on the salary numbers anymore. It's just like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders to answer your question. How did you overcome that? 
Yeah, <laughs> it's a funny story that uh, I was actually in grad school at the time, and you know, with my grad school group, we're on a group project, and basically one of the you know we we're just talking about our careers and everything, and just our our self introduction. And I you know I mentioned that point that hey you know I know maybe I shouldn't be I'm, I should be making a little bit more. And one guy that was like close to his 40s. So he's been a couple of years in the industry. Actually, he came from finance, was just like, then leave your company and find a different company. That's your biggest leverage, dude. And I'm just like, I was just flabbergasted because I was just like, did this guy just like directly talk to me about like, yo, quit complaining and just, you know, move on if money's what fulfillment means to you. And But that's such a great point that he brought up. Like was, was my point in working in this company only about, income you know for a second I, you know i thought about it and i'm like yeah okay maybe there's you know i'm still very young in my career there's not much i know about my industry yet you know at that time so it's like i should give it more of a chance and see if i still think that way uh, about my income in the forthcoming months and obviously it changed which you know i think for the better it's better for uh you know the mental health and you know just how i get along with my teammates Rahul, how about you? How much? How much does money mean in terms of fulfillment? I I really like this question because we had this conversation about community earlier, and it's kind of made me sort of change my <laughs> perspective of fulfillment slightly. I'll explain. Mm -hmm. So, I I think it's really important to uh, not only do what you like to do. Um, so, for example, like if I like I know that I make a certain amount of money right now. And I know that there are jobs out there that I can make a whole bunch of more money in, but I'm not going to switch jobs or careers um, just for that bump in salary. Um, to me, you know, I find it that if I can get the fulfillment that I'm getting right now, then I'm more than happy to have the current salary that I have right now. And uh, I, I don't need to go through the pains of trying to learn or do something else. Uh, in order to achieve a higher salary, such as, for example, you know, going to med school <laughs> or becoming a lawyer. <laughs> like those are obviously not very realistic uh, things I'd be doing. Um, and I don't think those jobs are really, you know, in line with my own personal interests. Um, but also, I think, like, let's say I do pick the IT industry and let's say I'm going through different interviews. Um, I'm, yeah, the money talks and <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, the money does talk. But at the same time, I think that if the experience in an interview actually goes really well for me, um, I would be more willing to choose that company. If, for example, you know, I was really getting along with the interviewer, um, if I actually stepped into the company, you know, the office building, and you know, got to talk to a couple of people and you know, have good conversations, um, I would definitely, I would probably choose that company. I think it's really important to have a team that's welcoming, that's exciting, you know, to have mm. you there. Um, Cause that's going to set the line, you know, for what's to come. Uh, whereas, you know, you might be offered a higher salary and find out you know, your manager is shit. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, true, that's right? something. Yeah. So when it comes to community, you know, I take it back. Community is important um, because sometimes, you know, the numbers might be attractive, but once you get there, it might be a completely different story. Uh, and you might be regretting it. So definitely, you know, value the people as well. Very good. 
Good answer. Yeah. I was like, should we start like a Netflix series called Community? I don't know if there is one. I don't watch Netflix <laughs> enough, but we could role play and have this sort of office dynamic on a TV show, you know, more professional than The Office, obviously. Like, <laughs> there's actually a show called Community, so we can't oh, use that geez. either. <laughs> um, Jay, the modern day office. Yes, the modern day <laughs> office. I like that better. Cool. All right. Here's a here's a quick question. I don't know if this is going to be part mm -hmm. of the podcast, but <laughs> what did you guys envision yourselves doing as a kid versus what you do now? Oh, I still think this is this is still part of this. Uh, yeah, this one. Uh, dang, that's a good one for regards to fulfillment, right? Like as a kid, I thought you could just jump into anything. I wanted to be like a pilot. I wanted to fly planes. That's brought up some back some memories, man. I love traveling when I was little, and I thought you know flying planes from passengers from this country to that country or this location to that location would have been so fulfilling but look where i am now i'm a chemist <laughs> yeah what about Rahul, i'm curious what yeah. did you think you were gonna do so when i was really young i like in kindergarten actually i thought i would be a paleontologist um oh. i was obsessed with dinosaurs actually i'm still obsessed with dinosaurs i don't know yeah. Like all the dinosaur names, I'll be very honest <laughs> about that. So I'm kind of a fake fan. Um, but I get really excited by dinosaurs. Yeah. You take me to a natural history museum, I'm going to be in the dinosaur section all day. Um, and that's how I was as a kid. Now, actually, actually it's Albert Chang. Uh, oh, I remember uh, Albert. Maybe. Patrick, do you know yeah. Albert? Yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. He told me, dude, like, you're not going to make any money as a paleontologist. <laughs> There's he was thinking thing. that at fifth grade. Are you get yeah. get out? Really? Wow. He's like, really? dude, all the dinosaurs yeah. have already been discovered. What are you doing with your life? And I was yeah. like, yeah. oh my god, what am I doing? Like, this is in fifth grade, so damn. <laughs> going to sixth hitting, grade, hitting with the deep questions. I know. Yeah. In sixth grade, I'm like, okay, well, screw dinosaurs. I'm just gonna be a scientist. Let's make it as ambiguous as possible. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, jp stevens this is the high school we went to viewers uh, jp stevens will be proud because everybody like went to stem <laughs> in our class yeah some sort of stem oh that's true yeah, so yeah i actually didn't envision that we work in computers at all because yeah i like computers right. but yeah. um i often had this stereotype that computers and computer science involved a lot of math which i was god awful at throughout <laughs> the oh. school um, and here I am now, thankfully not doing too much math. So, <laughs> for sure. For I sure. think Patrick's dream. I think when I was a yeah. kid. Oh no! I was just gonna joke. No, it was the it was the pilot of Gundam, which is a robot for all those <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> you know, it's so surprising that like all of my like hobbies and interests revolve like mechanics and robots and engineering. Yeah. But here I am, kind of working in finance. Oh, um, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Like, Dang. I guess I never got over like the supernatural element of like larger than life robots, like Transformers or like Gundam. But I think when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a video game designer oh. or like work, Get work out. in the video game industry. That's a good one. Which I think was like super strange. No. Um, and I think a lot of kids grow up, you know, wanting to do that. And I don't really know where it changed. I think maybe in probably freshman year of high school i think like just the wave of reality hit me when i was like i'm pretty good at math i'll probably be, be 
be an accountant for the rest of my life. And I'm like, okay with that. <laughs> it was a resignation. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but at the same time, we're telling our viewers like, hey, you got to try these things out, you know. <laughs> but things do Silicon change Valley. at the same time. So, For sure, for sure. You're in the Bay Area. You could take on Silicon Valley. <laughs> we'll try. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll come up with a Patrick Blue video game. Yeah, it's about Silicon came, Valley. <laughs> he came out of nowhere and revolutionized the world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The legend of Patrick. I'm, I'm yeah. excited for it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'll include you too. Obviously. As helpful side characters. Side characters, yes. <laughs> but I think to end this episode, it you know, it started out a little bit of like me being a little like worried, but you know, it's like just looking back at history when you especially when you brought up that question, Patrick, about what we wanted to be when we were children, it's just like we do find bits and pieces in our life, you know, like little fulfillments here and there. You know, sprinkled along our lifeline. It's just like, you know, it's it's not as bleak as you know some you know moments that we might put ourselves in. Or you know, I definitely want to let the listeners know that hey, you know, definitely take the tips that we're giving you right now in this episode, and you know, you could definitely apply it to you know what you're doing right now or where you want to go. And thinking back, you know, just bring the past back and really evaluate uh what you can do you know based on what you wanted to do back then yeah that's a really good takeaway i think just to close out real quick if you remember when we were kids we would change our opinions about like what jobs you want to do or just about anything at the drop of a hat yeah <laughs> right and it's kind of like why was that so okay when we were kids? But then when we think about change or growth as an adult, it's scary. it feels so much more daunting, yeah. right? Exactly, yeah. It feels so much more scary to be like, hey, I just want to make a complete career switch, right? And I feel like a lot of people almost view it as like a taboo thing. But I almost wish we could go back into that like childhood innocence of like, yeah. you know, having a beautiful curiosity towards like, hey, you know, I work in this field, but I'm also interested in that field let me just like jump over and, and work in that field, you know, for a couple of years and see what it's like. Right. And, and not be afraid of, you know, there are no, there aren't really any consequences there, but yeah. again, just kind of being free. I guess. Yeah. I mean, YOLO, it's for my sense of fulfillment. I'm a jump to this job. <laughs> no. Yeah. So. No, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. The world can be daunting. And as we grow older, it's just like, I think we just understand all the, know precautions and the consequences that you know might you know put us off from that track but hey i mean you can be successful and you can be fulfilled at the same time you know if you so choose to that's what i learned for sure for sure i guess so really quick i know we're gonna end this episode again Mm -hmm. i'll add on on another point so i'm going through i guess our conversations here kind of lead me to think about two kind of tech revolutionaries in our current age, you know, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. If you think about their career paths, Elon Musk started in computer science and he worked kind of in the intersection of finance and computer science at PayPal. And now he has, you know, Tesla, SpaceX, you know, Neuralink. He also has the solar powered uh, roof. I don't remember that company. 
Um, and then you also think about um, Jeff Bezos at Amazon, where he started in book selling, then it went to retail, and then went to electronics, and then internet and cloud space. So again, having that open mindset um, can definitely kind of propel your life and don't be afraid to expand your horizons. Agreed. Yeah. I just want to add, sorry, if it's okay. <laughs> I just want to add. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, as uh, someone who's made the career shift several times, um, you know, don't be afraid. Just do the research. Just do the research, put the work in, um, and make sure that you remember that the fulfillment is important because that is, as we started off with this episode, a motivating factor and it'll keep you sane uh, as you go on with the grind. So that's all I wanted to add. 